boldness. And welcome to the boldness. My name's my name's Phineas Smith, and should just apologise for last month when we we weren't here because well we we pre-recorded a show and sadly it didn't go to air, which um is well it actually didn't go up to air on the Sunday. Oh, well, it did go to air. Well, at about five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, there you go. It did go to air. That that's very exciting. Uh, and the podcast is up. And the podcast is up as well. And Thanks, Andy. As you can t- thank you, Andy. As you can tell, we are we're definitely live today because I look. At, it's about two past six on Wednesday, the twenty first of March. Now, uh, before we get going, should just say that the boldness is all about grabbing your human rights, not just waiting for a well-meaning person to give them to you. Now, person who has spoken. Has broken the cardinal sin of radio, which is you don't you don't talk on the radio unless you're introduced. But he did it himself. It is Raphael Caleb. Hello, Raphael. Yeah, Finn. How are you doing tonight? I'm very well. Now, what's coming up on tonight's show? We are talking with the president of People with Disability, Bonnie Miller, and that is the People with Disability Australia president. Bonnie Miller, who is lucky enough to join us online now. Hello, Bonnie. Hello, how are you? Very w- I'm very well. Well, we're very well. Now, um, we're, we're just, we're just uh, curious to, to know, obviously it's, it's, it's a couple of months into the year, but what's the, what's the direction that um, People with Disabilities Australia is is heading in for this year. What what, what are the important what are the important issues for people with disabilities Australia? Well, we have a really exciting year coming up, actually. Um, so much of our focus has always been of people with disabilities and the governance of people with disabilities. So uh, for this year, we continue to focus on progressing human rights. But we particularly want to ensure that our views and issues and concerns are front and centre at all times. So our key areas of our work remain on violence prevention, access to justice issues, uh, social inclusion, uh, accessibility and economic participation, welfare reform, and of course the NDIS is one of our biggest topics um, this year. And uh, we're, But this year we're also finding that reform and policy development um, are being... Uh, pretty much developed without the expertise and involvement of people with disabilities. So that is something that's um, getting up our goat a bit. So we're finding it pretty problematic that we have to advocate for things to be fixed where our involvement isn't included. So the international disability rights um, motto, nothing without us, um, nothing about us without us, uh, it needs to be understood by governments um, and those working to affect that affect our lives, so we're pretty much um, using 2018 to really ramp up our voice. So, and so, in terms of the in t- terms of 
you you mentioned earlier on there, there in terms of the nothing or nothing about us without us. What what? Why why is that that line so important, particularly at the moment? I think it's um, really important because um, we're we're finding that we are being left out of things um, that concern us, particularly around the NDIS, where we wonder where um, where we fought the NDIS to be established, for an instance, and we continue to support the scheme. But, however, we remain concerned that about the stories and issues that have been raised about people with disabilities and their interactions with the NDIS. Um, and we're just finding that the NDIA in particular isn't really involving people with disabilities in the actual um, bureaucratic way of, uh, way of planning how the scheme is meant to impact on all of us but also involve us as well to have our say. So... That can be used as an example, but we're also finding that um, people with disabilities, again, are just kind of treated as mainstream. So we're not exactly getting the attention nor the diversity that we deserve um, in terms of speaking about our own issues. So we're tending to find that a lot of people are speaking for us, but not including us. So no, it is but... becoming increasingly important that we continue to, um, to really abide by the motto that, um, you know, nothing about us without us. Now, Bonnie, is it, what are some of the stories you've heard about that you've, people with a disability have said about the NDIS? So we're actually finding that uh, people... We're finding negative and positive stories. So there are a lot of positive stories in how the NDIS is impacting the lives of people with disabilities. So many people are getting uh, access through their plans, but we're also seeing a lot of negative stories where... People with disabilities are experiencing poor planning processes, um, cuts to funding supports in second plans, and often basic um, understanding of people with disabilities and our lives. Uh, so in, we also question about the expertise of um, some planners to be able to be fully equipped to understanding why a person might need a modification or a certain um, a certain equipment to their lives. And we're also finding that. Some of these are not just being fulfilled, and so that's that's some of the negative um, aspects. But we are hearing some fantastic change for people, but there are still some many people struggling to receive benefits um, or even support that they had in their plans, and um, understanding key supports by planners, but also having people um, having plans cut. You know, they're leaving um, them vulnerable to harm, which is really concerning. What type of what type of things are the are the NDIA being responsive? Are they, are they st- starting to listen to people with disabilities? Australia's concerns. Well, I think it, I think it depends on what's happening in each state. Really, um, I think that um, there are some NDIA uh, participants that are, that feel that they are being listened to, um, but they're all that. But there are also some um, participants that are having to have their concerns go through individual advocacy programs where they're supported to appeal decisions that are assisting them with the NDIS appeals at the Administrative Appeals Tribunal in each state and territory. And that's something that um, we feel that the NDIA has a lot of lessons to learn through what people might find. Um, So the NDIS, it is recognised that it is still 
you know, uh, a work in progress and we're still getting fixed um, for certain areas that need improvement. But at the same time, it's also a learning curve for them to understand what areas need to be improved on their end to ensure that people with disabilities um, have the right planners in place and also have um, their, you know, an understanding of disability itself, not just a generic term that, um, that somebody might need assistance but not exactly receiving the equipment that they need for that assistance. Because well, anecdotally, I'm hearing that some of the people people with complex needs uh, and and complex needs and and disabilities are, ba- are being are being are being left out. Is that reflective in in what you're hearing as well? It is. It's, um, it is reflective in some of the things that we're hearing that high support needs are not being supported to the full capacity that they should be. Um, that said, that also comes down to the understanding of the plan is actually understanding disability, but getting to know the actual person. Because not every, not every, you and I both know that not everybody is an individual tick box. We all have different wants, needs, ambitions, um, different requirements to our each of our disabilities. So it's... Um, it is a it is quite a work in progress in terms of high functional support as well as communication needs as well. Having people actually feel like that they're being listened to by the NDIS. So we we do we do encourage that the NDIA actually listen to stories of people with disabilities experience the positives and negatives. And yeah, it's, um, we we just hope that feedback is being taken on board. Now, you you mentioned. Early, earlier in our, our guest tonight is Bonnie Millen, p- President of People with Disabilities Australia. You mentioned earlier ab- about advocacy, and I know that in uh, in New South Wales that the the government is not funding disability adv- advocacy groups, which is hard to say for some reason. Um, advocacy, advocacy groups to do to um. They'd, or they're defu- they're not going to continue continue their funding. Is, mm-hmm. is that um, why? Why is there a need for advers- advocacy groups at at this time? I think that's a really. Um, I think that there is absolute need for advocacy organisations in New South Wales and all across Australia. Um, what I'm what I'm most concerned about hearing is why the need for um, why the, the need for advocacy organisations has been slashed across New South Wales, it's deeply concerning. And because people with disabilities need the representation um, through individual advocacy, but also systemic advocacy as well, and to be able to have a voice, um, to be able to participate equally in their communities, and also to um, be also included. And it is a big concern that money being um, provided to the Commonwealth is, uh, well, essentially the voices among the communities, it's going to be lost. And that's the concern is that the less organisations that have capacity or even to go round, it is um, very concerning that most vulnerable people will lose their voices and their... um, their access to advocacy because not everything 
ends with the NDIS, and that is something that needs to be understood. And advocacy isn't always something that the NDIA can provide, nor, um, nor uh, you know, bigger um, government agencies. It's not always provided. It's best provided by those who have the passion on the ground to be able to ensure that people with disabilities have a voice. And that goes to any sort of sector organisations as well. So it is concerning to see that um, funding is being slashed. It's also seen as it is um, it is unfair. Now, Bonnie, is it where with let's say the slash of funding uh, for maybe uh, peak bodies with people with disability? <laughs> is it? Um, I think part of the bigger problem of actually not having advocacy groups mm-hmm. is that. There isn't a central point for, let's say, trends within people with a disability where a working can say, well, this is actually what is actually happening and it's not just confined to one particular person, but it's actually uh, spread uh, consistently through uh, different people with a disability of particular demographics. And Mm -hmm. that means that there's be maybe in the wider scheme of things that with taking away funding for disability um, advocacy groups that if people don't have access to statistics, how do they actually then apply for maybe funding for a grant if the information mm-hmm. isn't there to start with? Yeah, yeah, that is something that's like um, that is really uh, at most concerning is that it's losing is that it's losing um, the connection of the community as well to be able to develop new and um, creative projects around people with disabilities and involvement. Um, and it, it is um, something that the advocacy sector um, is most proud of as well, is that the hard work that goes into individual advocacy, but also the collective collaboration that we can have in providing voices to the government as to why we need individual advocacy. And it, it's just, um, yeah, it is, it is concerning to hear that it, it is going to be slashed. And there, there is also a a um, in New, New South Wales. I think there is still a on ongoing campaign called uh, "Stand by Me." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people can still. I think there's a they're loving uh, Gladys Berejiklian, the, the the Premier of New South Wales, to and her government to um to to uh, fund. More or fu- keep funding advocacy advocacy groups. So um, we'll put a we'll put a link up to that campaign as well as p- part of this chat. Um, moving moving on, if we could um, to the to the um, royal commission into 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 uh, sexual abuse that that brought down some findings about uh, that brought down some. Findings regarding regarding disability. How, do you think? Uh, or what were those findings? So those findings were around um, that the well, the final report has been publicly available. So the speeches from the prime minister and leader of opposition about the final report was really encouraging. So the government appeared to be really committed to implementing the recommendations in the final report. And we look forward to their formal response to the report's recommendations. So ensuring, so at the moment, one of the very encouraging um, recommendations, for an instance, that we're working very hard on is 
supporting, um, to continue supporting people with disability affected by institutional um, responses to child sexual assault. But it's also, um, we also look forward to significant reforms from all the government and non-government institutes in responsible to keeping children, including children with disabilities, safe as required. So we're working very closely with the Australian government on the design of the Commonwealth Redress Scheme, which um, for survivors of institutional sexual abuse. So we, um, yeah, we're, we're very happy that, um, that the New South Wales and Victorian governments are saying that they will sign up to the Commonwealth Redress Scheme um, to access, um, you know, compensation, um, but also recognition of abuse. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're um, encouraging them, uh, all jurisdictions, to sign up for the redress scheme to um, ensure that justice is continued. So most of those findings were to find that what the abuse was wrong. It was, um, it was humiliating for most um, survivors and it, it's something that we hope to be recommendations will put in place some more safeguards and more... Um, more quality assurance that something like this will not be repeated, particularly for children and vulnerable people in institutions with disabilities. And with the with the NUIS, just in relation to abuse, there's also been there's a a new NUIS safeguard and and quality commission. Are you confident that 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 will that, that 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 will maintain the NDIS quality as as well as um, pre- prevent abuse from happening as far as pra- practicable? Yeah, well, um, I'm actually really glad you raised that because the, well, the organisation is really pleased that the Commission has been established to oversee quality and safeguarding for the NDIS. But we need to be very clear about its limits as we strongly argue that a national commission should address violence and abuse of people with disabilities more broadly, not just in relation to the NDIS. So there are some higher incidents of um, violence and abuse against people with disability. And the recommendations from the 2016 Senate inquiry into violence, abuse and neglect of people with disabilities um, basically stated this situation. So it made many recommendations, one of them which was for a Royal Commission to fully investigate the issue. But the government since ruled out the Royal Commission and for many other people with disability supporters remain really disappointed. So it, so we are hoping that the Quality and Safeguarding Commission will not cover the range, like um, it will not cover the range of services and circumstances where violence and abuse occurs. But it is focused on the NDIS registered providers and taking complaints about service quality and the individual complaints about violence, abuse and other incidents of um, harm. But our concern still remains that it's still focused on the tip of the iceberg issues for people with disabilities. So the Safeguards Commission is important, but it only addresses one area of our lives, which is the violence aspect, which is important. But at the same time, it's, um, but we do we do want to watch it closely to make sure that it actually is um, going to ensure that everybody has a say underneath the safeguarding. Still in a work of progress, I think. Well, yeah, yeah I, suppose, I suppose you've got to still give it time to 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 bed down, but hopefully, hopefully the commission will do its best in ter- terms of. Um, 
mm. in terms of stamping out abuse within uh, NDIS providers? Yeah, well, we're hoping to see that the um, Safeguard and Quality Commission will actually provide a lot more insight to ensuring that a lot more monitoring and um, data collection actually occurs in in terms of um, in terms of what will be unfound. We're hoping that with watching for registered providers, we're actually hoping that it will um, in basically reduce the number of um, violent reports that you find. So many states and territories still have um, have implemented their own systems in place that will ensure the safeguarding and um, ensure that people with disabilities are protected. But we are hoping we are hoping that it's going to um, provide some evidence and see the government and non government service systems and individual perpetrators be brought to account. What, what um so, um, so what? What else needs? What else do you think needs to? To what else do you think needs to happen, to, if anything, to ensure people with disabilities are, are saved from from abuse and, and neglect? I think what is really needed, and this is a controversial opinion, um, I think what is really needed is more training. We need more training in terms of our justice, um, our justice system. So, police courts, um, victim support services, uh, even counselling services. Um, we need we need some training around disability and recognising disability abuse. And some of the things that we find most um, alarming is that often it can be the carer or even the guardian or the support worker. That can often be sometimes the perpetrator. Not all the time, but what are we putting in place to ensure that people who are cared for are being protected by very people who are supposed to be keeping that person safe? So we would like to see a little bit more training and a little bit more recognition from the justice system to ensure that people with disabilities are safer. I think also community awareness is a massive one. I think there's, um, there has been in the past calls for a mandatory reporting system, but whether or not that can be actually achieved is one that, of public debate. But recognising people with disabilities and in, particularly those with high complex needs and um, communication um, needs as well, ensuring that they have, ensuring that there are education for the community recognizing that violence with disabilities happens it's not it's not something that is a rare thing it's actually something that is very very um, predominant in our communities and we need to be ensuring that there is more awareness for the public around that it's not a scary issue it's the same it can be put up there in the same as child child abuse as well it's vulnerable people and elder abuse as well. It's, it's all vulnerable people recognising where abuse is and putting putting systems in place and training. I think that that's one of the crux of it. And are there are there any just to I guess try to um, link things link things with the with the with the NDIS and NDIA? Are there any improvements that um, PWD aid people with disabilities Australia would like to would like to see. 
in terms of in terms the in terms of in terms of the the NDIS, are there any any things any changes that you'd like to see made so it's a more equitable system for for everyone? Uh, well, I think that's something. I think that it's responsible for the NDIA to be um, being the type of body that it is. I think it's really important for the NDIA to consider jumping on the bandwagon of um, educating um, in t- local area coordinators as well as planners and um, other functionalities in the NDIA to ensure um, to spot abuse when planning sessions or any type of, um, you know, hindrance in terms of a person speaking or in terms of a person exercising their rights. I think... Um, we would like to see a bit more education around the NDIA, having um, a little bit more awareness. Um, it's not to say that they're not, but we would like to see that the NDIA is on board with the Royal Commission um, and also its findings and just ensuring that they, they also understand the message of how important it is. Now, um, now we've almost got to wrap things up, but, but I will... Um just ask you as well. Did you? I know people with disabilities. Australia were at the the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras this year. Was did you? Were you, were you one of them? Yes, I was. Oh my gosh! Yes, it will be my third year um, marching this year. Actually, yeah. So I was involved. There was it was an incredible night. I have to say, it was an incredible float that we had. So it um. So we had a lot of people um, turn out from Northcott and NDIA and other organisations to be part of the fabulous vote. Um, being the 40th um, anniversary as well, it was also a very proud um, opportunity for those that have been um, part of the disability and LGBTI community to really get on board and celebrate the diversity being um been 40 years old. And yeah, it was a fabulous event. It has to have been the most brightest and most um, and most, you know, upbeat night for a long time, and I think the anniversary takes that. Fantastic. Well, Bonnie, <laughs> sadly we're, we've run sadly out of time. But if people want to either become a, a member of of uh, people with disabilities Australia or or want to get involved in any of your campaigns, how do they do it? They can do it by jumping online and checking out our membership page or uh, also ringing up the office and popping in to one of the offices to find out how you can become a member. So it's free. And with membership benefits, you also get um, get to have a really good say in how we, how we run the organisation and some of the issues that we represent. Fantastic. Do you want to just give the, the web – do you want to just give the website out, Bonnie? Sorry? Do you want to just give the the People with Disabilities Australia website? Ah, yes. So the website is um, www.pwd.org.au. Fantastic. Thank you. For, thanks for joining us tonight, Bonnie. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I always have a lot of fun talking. Good work. Thanks. Thank you. We have great fun talking to you as well. Um, that was, <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was Bonnie Bonnie Miller, President of People with Disabilities Australia. Um, so I think that's all we 
have time for. What track are we going out on tonight, Raphael? We're going out with Johnny Crescendo, Access Access, that was also featured in the film Defiant Lies by Sarah Barton. And the boldness will be back on the twenty on the eighteenth of April. Keep listening to Completer Balata. <laughs> 